episode five. Um, I'm Marco. I'm Connor. And who are you? I'm Pranathy. Hey. All right, friends. Um, we're going to start off with some general uh, introduction. They get to know questions. They get to know your questions. Yeah. Um, so you already said your name. Uh, where'd you go to med school? I went to Drexel in Philly. Cool. And then uh, what year are you right now? I'm PGY1. Yeah, almost the end of it. At the end of your PGY one year, yeah. Um, and what are your future future interests? Um, I want to go into cardiology. Okay. And then, what do you like to do in your free time? I like to watch a lot of Netflix. Okay. I definitely like to try out new restaurants and then sleep when I can. <laughs> That's a good one, two, three. Uh, what are you watching on Netflix these days? Right now, I just finished. Actually, it wasn't a Netflix show. It was like a HBO Max show, Mayor of Easttown. And it was pretty good. So how many streaming services are you paying oh, for? Oh, like all of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you have HBO, you have more than one. Yeah. <laughs> HBO is always like the last one to get into play. I feel yeah. Like. yeah. After Netflix and Hulu. Like you have a job if you have HBO Max, right? <laughs> <laughs> or your parents have a job. There you go. That works Fair too. enough. One person has to have it. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, so you're kind of at the uh, the end of your first year. And how we've been kind of asking early questions um, in these interviews is thinking back to what it was like before you started your intern year. So if you c- can kind of put yourself back in, in your shoes a year ago, mm-hmm. what were you feeling? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Kind of what, what was going through your head? So a year ago, I was just moving to Chicago, so I was definitely nervous. Um, I think I had just found out I start as cross cover, so I was terrified. Um, definitely excited. And yeah, but I think I just remember feeling like an overwhelming sense of just being a little scared and a little excited all at the same time. And I think COVID was an interesting part of that, too. So I didn't really know what to expect. And what was that like starting on CrossCover? I mean, that's one of the uh, one of the more, you know, anxiety producing uh, situations that we have. Yeah, it was definitely a ride. I think I actually really liked starting on it because it was all of a sudden, you know, I went from just being the med student to, you know, people being like, Doc, what do you want to do? I'm like, yeah, we should give that Tylenol. (laughs) (laughs) How many times did you uh, have to order a 500 milligram or would you always give the thousand? Oh, I started at like 325. (laughs) Being safe. You never know. (laughs) You never know. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it was definitely a ride. I, I think by the end of it, I got to like 650. So, <laughs> yeah. She's adventurous. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> was Tylenol your first order? Um, my first order was a lactic acid. And I remember Ooh. this because um, one of the third years like stayed a little extra because she, I think, maybe sensed the panic. And I like got a call from a nurse. And patient was a little hypotensive, and I was like, "Oh, oh God!" Here we are. <laughs> yeah, <it's like> <laughs> and then um, this amazing senior, Laura. Laura. Yeah, she was episode like, maybe two. episode two for those that are listening at home. <laughs> oh, she did this. That's yeah. awesome. We peaked um, there, so don't worry. There's no. Pressure. Okay, good, good. Yeah, so everyone listening knows how awesome she is. Um, she helped me through it, and she was like, "Maybe we should put a lactic, and also write down, you know, when you think it'll come back." And that is advice I've carried throughout my intern year. Write everything down. So, yeah. Oh, that's Did you so go great. see him or her? Oh, yeah, yeah. We went together. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> the first thing. Excellent. Yeah. There you go. 
Any 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 tips for those that will be starting on cross cover this upcoming year? Oh yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help because you're not alone. It may feel like that at times, but um, you just have to ask for help, and it's always there. Whether it's the pharmacist, also the pharmacists are amazing; they're your best friend. Um, or any senior you can find, literally everyone is so helpful. So ask for help. <laughs> and then I think uh, after cross cover. You had a couple of rotations, and then you came to the ICU, which is when we all met. Mm -hmm. Um, What was your ICU experience like? So my ICU experience, I remember the first day, I I didn't know what to expect. The intern giving me sign out was like, oh, it's, you know, you're going to be okay. It's only like two patients that you have to worry about right now. So I was like, okay, it's going to be like chill. I walk in, I was just getting coffee before, you know, 7 a.m., and there was a code that was called, and I was like, oh, boy. So <laughs> Here we go. Welcome to ICU. <laughs> and I was like, I, at that point, did not get sign out, like had no idea about, like, which, does the call team go? Does the night team go? So I, like, you know, threw my coffee away and, like, went. Threw the coffee away. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I was like, okay, it's, it's time. And then there was way more capable people, like, in the room already than I went and got coffee again <laughs> yeah again. <laughs> so i was like it's gonna be a long day <laughs> wow all right and then um i guess when we were on was september right mm-hmm. covid wasn't so bad Mm-mm. no then what were your expectations like you know going in i guess even before you started as an intern mm-hmm. and then when you started as an intern it really wasn't bad yet mm-hmm. uh or i guess pre-second wave mm-hmm. um, did you know what to expect no I actually had absolutely no idea from how it would be like even within the team like are we gonna sit in the same room like would we be rounding with people in person like I just actually had no idea of like what it was gonna shake out to be so it was everything was just new and definitely a ride and now that you're kind of at the end of your first year um, how has how has the rest of the year gone and, and what have you been able to kind of glean from the growth that has occurred over the last, what is it now? Almost, almost, a, year. almost a year. Yeah, yeah almost a year. 11 and a half months. Um, I think looking back, it's amazing. I was just on the phone with a pharmacist about a question and then I, I realized it was the same pharmacist that I had talked to like maybe months before and at months like maybe a year before and at that time my question was can I give this patient potassium (laughs) as an AKI (laughs) and now it was just much more higher level and then I remember chuckling to myself thinking like wow that's I definitely remember feeling like so anxious all the time and second guessing every move and to some degree I think that's probably safe to still do but it's definitely less and I feel a little bit more confident and like contributing to plans and coming up with like my own my own ideas and them like maybe like 25 percent of the time being right that's been that's been nice <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah what, do, what would you say is your biggest uh you know takeaway of it you said writing things down mm-hmm. earlier but what, what was uh if you look back i guess on your first year mm-hmm. what was the one thing you say i learned that really well um that's something that's going to go through my next few years of training and stuff like that uh, there were a couple things. I think one was kind of what you touched on. Always see the patient. Just see them. Uh, if you, if 
find yourself thinking, like staring at the screen, like, should I put this order in or even you're just hesitant. It's just going and seeing the patient adds a whole new like aspect to your decision making that I think we sometimes undervalue because we're so busy. Um, so that I think will stay with me because there have been times when after I see the patient, I feel so much more confident in the mini plan that I've created in that moment. Um, and then definitely writing things down because as an intern, there's so many things coming at you and it's impossible. I don't know if everyone's brain works like this, but I can only hold like five things. And so then I need to, uh, so then I need to just write things down. Um, so we kind of described, you know, the beginning and, and thoughts of intern year. What, what is What is the middle like? Uh, I know when I was... Or when we were interns, I thought January sucked. January is so hard because you're you're in the you're in the groove. You know what to do. You're forming your plans. You're getting all the data. And if you've had like a repeat senior, they give you way more leeway. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you also have like five more months being at the bottom of the barrel, doing like the majority of the grunt work. Um, how would you describe the middle? I hated the middle. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> I think January. Yeah, January sucked because it was everything you're saying plus the fact that I had my first vacation. And so I think it was just very jarring. And then I went back to VA MICU. And so I was, it felt a lo- like, a, and that was when COVID was starting to pick up too. And I think that plus the weather, I think I was just dragging my feet. And that's exactly right. Like you are, you can kind of see the like light at the end of the tunnel through all the notes but then the notes are like staring right at you and you have to do them and um so it's just this awkward time it still kind of is but it's definitely better now that the sun is shining and the light is more close to my face <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's beautiful literally right now. figuratively 90 degrees literally outside sunny it's yeah. fantastic we just had a great ice cream oh the place was excellent oh you have to I tell got three me. flavors quite good black dog gelato it's oh. down the street okay that's my after podcast plans. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully, we get sponsored. Um, <laughs> we should get sponsored. Yeah. Black Dog Gelato. We'll give another shout out. <laughs> um, what is your favorite way to learn? My favorite way to learn is um, by listening. So I like to just like hear things. Um, curbsiders is a big win for me in that way. So if I'm just driving to work, I like to listen to something. So it just sticks in my brain. Yeah, I really like curbsiders. Um, they're very, they work well together. I think it's the best thing. They're, they're just kind of having fun on the podcast, which mm-hmm. is um, some other medical podcasts I don't really like because you don't get that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, they're probably all just friends in real life, mm-hmm. not just two people who came together from like a production company. Mm-hmm. So, and I also agree. really, really enjoy clinical problem solvers. I know I yeah. talked about them all the time today <laughs> on Case Conference, um, but they're also the same way where it's, they're, just best friends mm-hmm. and it's awesome like you guys oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so moving forward um so we, we kind of under the other interviews when you listen to them we touch on the the, the COVID-19 pandemic was such a big part of our training mm-hmm. because it was either when we were becoming seniors or we were full-on into second years taking over Mikio's and then no one knew what was going on, um, and then how that changed, how we think it will change uh, our future training and the kind of doctors we'll become. Mm-hmm. I know you guys were, you had a different experience with the, the, everything, 
Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think it'll change your training? I know it's early on, but do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I think that I see families a little differently, like family conversations and uh, the value we as physicians kind of add to framing things, especially because, you know, we had no visitors allowed and things like that. And that I realized how much that really impacts patient care when you can't like look the family member in the face and kind of or they can't see their loved ones and they kind of don't understand where we're coming from in terms of like the context of how the patient is doing. Um, And then I definitely value fear a lot more. Like there was a lot of fear during the pandemic, both on the physician side, I think, like, you know, sometimes like echoes weren't being done or or things like that. And I can understand like there's this whole aspect of public health that we're trying to manage as physicians. And then fear on the patient side, like it's so scary. They don't know what's going on. And I think I understood that before, but now it's just something that'll stay with me. Like I kind of remind myself that this is so scary for the patient because they literally don't know what's going on and kind of we don't either because we're kind of we only have a few options so I think that really changed how I look at patients their families and kind of how we handle that so that'll definitely stay with me yeah it's been a lot Mm -hmm. and you 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 have been through yeah we we we, as Marco said we we had it very different but it's like all you've known your entire year Mm -hmm. has been with COVID Mm -hmm. um, and being limited with regards to being able to see patients Mm -hmm. as, as much as you want to or are able to, which was kind of how we knew medicine before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel like you've had the opportunity to kind of get really comfortable with like, I know you you said going to see the patient. I mean, that's, I think so prescient and so important. Um, Was there a specific time when you, or a specific incident that made you kind of think of the importance of that? Yeah, there was like that time, I think around September, October, November, like when it started to pick up, I think I was on wards after MICU and we started getting a lot of COVID patients and there was that, you know, rule to kind of help shield the interns. And uh, so, you know, you interns didn't necessarily like all the team members didn't have to see the patient. But it made it so hard to kind of know what was going on and to even, you know, because we couldn't do simple things like turn down the oxygen or just be like, do you take this med? And getting them on the phone was such a hassle. And so it was just it was so frustrating. And I almost just wanted to like run in there. But Mm -hmm. it was also hard because you're constantly thinking of and this is like before the vaccines, you're constantly thinking of like who is living with you at home, like if they're not in healthcare and like who are you putting at risk and there was a lot of like I don't know like moral ambiguity that I felt like I was dealing with when it could have been so much easier without this whole added level mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah it makes a lot of it's sense completely I remember yeah. when we were in the thick of things um, we'd go home and like I know some people would shower immediately when they mm-hmm. got home or they had kids mm-hmm. or you know they lived in a building with other people and they're mm-hmm. like can I go home? Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this safe to go home? Am right. I giving, you know, I live in a building with a hundred people. Am I, am I going to give it to them? Mm-hmm. Is it like on my clothes? Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, no one knew. Yeah. Like we made our best guess, wash your hands, wear a mask, stay six feet apart. Mm-hmm. But um, no one knew straight mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a wild, what a wild time. Um, and now, you know, we talked a little bit about, 
your feelings before starting intern year and now you're kind of on the precipice of starting your second year of residency. Um, how does uh, how do the feelings compare and um, are you excited to run a team for your, for the first time? So I have to say I am actually really excited. I think it's definitely a new role to step into that I feel like I've seen I've had great models and people to look up to so I'm like eager to emulate that but definitely scary because there's always this whole imposter syndrome where it's like now they're really gonna know they're really gonna know this time they're gonna find out (laughs) these interns are gonna come in they're gonna be like what is she doing (laughs) um so yeah it's almost like the same feeling as last year where I was feeling nervous but excited but I feel like the excitement is a little bit more I feel like the split is maybe 60 40 (laughs) so yeah that's great I was so ready to not be an intern (laughs) also terrified of being a senior because I had CCU first Mm. and I remember running into Dr. Zara in the hallway and I was like you guys are going to be leading the team you guys are going to do great and I was like no, <laughs> come on. It's like they're gonna know nothing. Don't worry about it. And, you know, you show up day one and they know nothing. I cannot wait. <laughs> and it's so different. I mean, it's so. Uh, I'm trying to remember how it was so fun when it's finally like you can do how whatever whatever you want with regards to like the team dynamics. Like you can set the expectations. Um, and you're right. I mean, we. I think we back, there. I mean, me <laughs> and Marco were together on our first days of uh, second wow. year. Um, and, and first year. And first year. I mean, we, Marco <laughs> and I started on MICU and then we started on CCU together second year. Um, and it's just, you look back and you remember those feelings. And now you've, you've forgotten in some ways just how um, the anxiety is not there anymore. Now it's like you're comfortable, you can kind of make decisions, and you realize that for the majority of the time, you have time to make those those choices and decisions. And that's where the confidence comes in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can see it. I can see it in, in you. Um, oh, and I'm thanks. very, very excited, you know, even seeing the growth from Mickey back in September to now, it's it's exceptional. And so oh. you're going to do you're going to do a great job. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and it's also kind of personality. Like you said, you set the tone. I remember overnight one day, Freddie ended up admitting eight, and I just walk in and said, I got eight, and I was like, MF, I just, <laughs> like, lost it, not, like, in a, not in an angry way, but it just, like, here we go, and I remember, like, I think it was Jeff in the corner, just, like, typing, like, oh, my God, this guy's crazy, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, um, everyone has different personalities, and I think that that's kind of the fun part, mm-hmm. idiot, uh, um, Mickey or CCU when you have another senior with you mm-hmm. and you know him really well it's really fun mm-hmm. um, and then when you when you have like our crew and Mickey like everyone got along really well mm-hmm. and so the month was great mm-hmm. um, even though it was it was very challenging in its own right um, so you're gonna have months that are very awful but your crew is great and you're there together and it kind of makes it very fun mm-hmm I can attest to that. It was, a, it was a good crew. What a what a crew! And then uh, with regards to kind of uh, next steps, you said you wanted to go into cardiology. What what brought in that uh, that interest, and what what are you uh, most excited for in terms of going uh, forward in your career? So, I think I um, I knew for a while, but I tried to like push it away because I was like, oh man, like 
no, I'm not going to do that to myself. But then I did like a couple rotations, fourth year in very different types of cardiology fields. Like one was all outpatient, one was inpatient with like LVADs and I just loved it. Like I, my phone was always fully charged because I never looked at it. (laughs) 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 That was like, as a med student (laughs) in like OB-GYN surgery drained, like needed to borrow chargers. And in IM, I would have so much fun with the team and I loved rounding. So, you know, you're not looking at your phone and, but you know, still like 70%, let's be honest, you know, (laughs) in that downtime when you need your coffee at 2 PM. But in cardiology, it wasn't like that. Um, and I would like sometimes even like forget where my phone was because it was just so, so great. And then I just came off of CCU actually, and I felt the same way. It's challenging, but just so fulfilling. And it came at a good time because I think I was like, oh, you know, do I, do I really want, and I was trying to do it again where I was like, you don't need that. You don't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can just watch some Netflix and like, <laughs> you know, just do what you're doing. But then it reminded me how much I, I really enjoyed doing that. And so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But in the future, what am I excited for? I think it'll be very interesting to see that field, I think, from a senior perspective. Because mm-hmm. um, I think you get you make a little bit more like higher level decisions and talk to fellows and attendings in a different way. And so it'll be cool to kind of step into that role. That's great. I always like to ask the the question of if you were to describe to people who are outside the program, Mm -hmm. um, UIC in one word, what would that one word be? Chill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not in the sense I it's like the first word that came to me. I think like the vibes are chill, you know, people aren't like out to get you. Nobody is toxic. Um, the like, yeah, there's some, you know, like the work is, is hard, but oftentimes I don't feel like I'm, it's not like, it's just me. There's like a whole team of people and, you know, it's like nice to like walk down the halls. And even with COVID, I still felt like there was a lot of like community within the residence and, so, yeah, it's it's chill. You should come here, people. <laughs> um, so a question I also ask everybody. Did you, have you had that moment yet? Uh, and it's okay if you haven't, where um, you kind of realize you can handle whatever comes your way. Like, you're a doctor. You got this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think I the had it. age moment. <laughs> I had it about, like, two days ago, actually. All right. Um, Do tell, please. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> this is fresh, hot off the press. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I I think to, I was, yeah. Okay, so this patient who had been, like, not active for the last, like, week and a half. This is Actually, this is a great story because he's a COVID patient. Um, so there was, like, that dynamic to it, too. But he just, like, wasn't, you know, active, just a placement issue kind of thing. And then casually went into a flutter with rates of, like, 150s, 160s. And, and, um, you know, rightfully so, the nurse called the team room panicking. And my uh, senior was like her kind of she took a half day because, we, you know, we weren't on call and she she definitely deserved that. But so I was like, okay, it's just me and this is what's happening. And so I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. He's stable. I'll go see him. Saw him. He's doing fine. He's like, oh, my my heart's going fast. I was like, okay that's a good sign. (laughs) Um, and he's not, and then I kind of went through my differential in my head and, 
I like, you know, then I was like, yeah, so the next step is this, you know, let's start him on a beta blocker. He's not on one. Is he dry? I thought he was dry. He wasn't hypoxic. So I gave him some fluid and then I, then I called cardiology. I think in the past I would have reflexively called the fellow and then given like a poor call and just would have been a mess because it probably would have been shaking and like (laughs) (laughs) but this was a way better call because I think um I had already done kind of some of the things that you needed to do kind of right away and yeah just the whole thing felt very calm and collected and I didn't feel too stressed out I just kind of was like okay let's assess the situation I think it would have been different if he was unstable but then I kind of knew what to do then too so that was a good moment and then our senior came in and was like, oh, how's everything going? I was like, yeah, it's, you know. Just flutter just, around. <laughs> just, just a casual flutter. It's fine. <laughs> do you think that transition happened earlier than that? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I may have and I may not have been, like, tested in that situation because, again, the seniors are great and they're always there to help you and kind of guide you. And I think up until then, a lot of my statements end with, like, questioning tones for someone to like give me the you know the wink or like the nod or like yeah yeah you got this but this was like a nobody's telling me i got this mommy and daddy are asleep (laughs) yeah yeah do your own thing um let's see uh what was your darkest moment so far in residency Mm, it's a good one um i think the darkest moment was on mickey at the u you know i don't know there was one night where it was just a lot of unfortunate deaths. I think one patient came in. Um, I think there were a lot of, I don't know, I've only done one at the U, but just felt like there were a lot of unfortunate deaths that month. Um, and there was one patient that came in, and it was one of those situations where they were kind of already decompensated. There was not much we could do. She was in DIC and liver failure and just... It, had recent surgery and like um so she we within admitting her like I think hours we you know had to talk to the family and tell them and I think I led that conversation with the daughter and like initiated it and that was a pretty dark moment I think because I was so tired of having those conversations and I remember just going home and feeling just drained and very down because I I knew like tomorrow we're gonna have to do it again and so in that moment I felt pretty down but then I you know just kind of processed with my support group and you know some good food and and then that kind of helped me see that like you know tomorrow's a new set of patients that we're gonna help hopefully and you know just kind of move forward but it was it was pretty dark I would say I remember uh early in our Mickey blog you asked how do you have family conversations? Like you turned around to us and I think we were busy and we were just like, just gotta be honest mm-hmm. and like, let them think about it. It's like, if this person isn't going to survive, you have to let them know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they're, if we don't know, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, things can turn left or right or s- stay the course. And mm-hmm. a lot of times it'll, we can just give our best opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think when it's always kind of a darker opinion, it can, it can be tough any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've gotten easier or better, sorry, better at those conversations, uh, but it's definitely not easier to have them. Yeah. 
And then I think the next week, all your patients are doing our DNA. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, what did we do? He <laughs> <laughs> turned me into a, oh man. Yeah, I remember that. that and that is not a skill I thought I was going to have or necessarily wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough, that was a tough mom. Yeah. Thinking about it. Okay, on the flip side, what was your happiest moment in residency? Happiest moment? Um, definitely, I think, oh yeah. So recently... Recently, there was like a, a Wittig dinner um, where we saw the third years and kind of like... Define Wittig for the people. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's just like a very exclusive um, club. No, it's just a women's in training. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all the all the female residents, and it's open to you know male residents too, uh, just to kind of talk and support each other and then support women in the community and... Um, some very awesome third years started it, and we've kind of been a part of it since uh, intern year, I guess, the beginning. Um, so this was like a send-off dinner kind of thing, and it was just like so nice to see different years of amazing women supporting each other, and being a part of it made me really happy, and it was like, you know, the sun was shining, and food was great. There was like this platter of fries, and it just felt very, <laughs> very, you know, warm and fuzzy inside. Could have been the beer, but you know. <laughs> but I remember feeling really great and like so happy that I was here at this program and just, you know, just like good, good chill vibes everywhere. Good chill vibes. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're after. You're going to listen back to this and be like, I like vibes, I like food, and I like Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> There's my personal statement yeah. for everyone. And cardiology. And cardiology. Cardiology. Yeah. That's my personality in a nutshell. There you go. <laughs> Well, why, why don't we uh, flip the script? Yeah. Do you do you have any? Uh, Marco doesn't like to flip the script. I sometimes do. Oh. Do you uh, do you have any questions for us? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess back at you guys. Like, what was your darkest moment in residency? Because you have more data to pull from. Yeah, I guess so. You want to go first? No, you can go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, mine was actually in November. Uh, it was like, it was November was month six out of the calendar year I was on the unit mm -hmm. and you know and that was mid second peak and everyone was dying mm. literally everyone was dying I think we extubated one person that we intubated that month yeah that's rough and like it was Thanksgiving dinner we were supposed to go over to my families who live in the city and you know we didn't want to get them sick like it was back to the ethical dilemma can we who do we visit? Like, mm -hmm. who, like, is this wrong? And, you know, we had all this food made out. I was just worked at 24 hours. We had like this 38 year old guy in RV failure from the ARDS mm -hmm. on three pressers, nitric oxide. And, you know, he had three kids and I'm sitting at the table and I just started bawling and it was awful. Like all I could think of was that I had like so much mm -hmm. like I'm in a house and I got all this food mm -hmm. and then I gotta go tomorrow and this guy's gonna die he's 38 so yeah I just I couldn't take it so it was tough that was really tough yeah, yeah. There were, that's like, yeah, that's not singular, right? There were so many of those. Yeah. And it was so horrible. 
I'm sorry. Uh, I did not play flip the script in the right way. <laughs> did not play flip the script in the right way. Uh, yeah, that's really, 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 really tough. Um, I mean, should I, should I go? Well, now you have to go. Now I have yeah. to go. Um, I'm so sorry to everyone. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, I think it's really important to talk about too. Um, because a lot of times we do want to put on a brave face and, and say that we can, we can muscle through it and be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had one, yeah, mine was on a 24 where it was, uh, it was a code that was called on the eighth floor and it was for a patient that was uh, going to be discharged the next day. Um, and he was found dead. Um, and, you know, we did ACLS and, um, but it obviously wasn't, um, it didn't bring him back. And, um, you know, calling the family after that and, mm-hmm. and telling them that their family member had passed away and that you don't know what really happened and the fact that he was supposed to go home the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just felt like this was somebody's dad and, you know, you, uh, yeah, you just, you, you think about all of that and the impact and, and it's one of those moments that while you're on the phone, you know that that family's having that worst call that they've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're the one that's that's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of an out-of-body experience. You just want to be there so much for the family and be there and, and, and support them. And um, But that was one of the hardest ones, too. That was probably the darkest part of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like just think, thinking about our families and then their families, it's almost like the part that I don't want to lose because it makes us human, but it's so soul-wrenching. And you're right, we don't talk about it enough, especially at work, because, I don't know, I feel like I can't cry at work, you know, but I, my Toyota Corolla has seen some stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it depends on work. I've, uh, I remember in the unit, like before you see people die, our intern year, we had some, you know, young people die. It happens. People have PEs, and mm-hmm. uh, you just got to make sure your interns are doing okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, work's getting done. We're busy, but we're also human. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that doesn't get real until you're in the moment. Like, you know, that going in as a doctor, as an intern, you know. You're going to have close relationships with some of your patients. You're outpatient, you may go inpatient, you're taking care of them, and they die. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. it, But until, until you really experience that uh, and have kind of this mental growth uh, that comes with having these, I guess, uniquely human experiences, mm-hmm. um, you don't really know who you are or what kind of doctor you are until mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Can I ask a happier question now? Sure, sure. <laughs> um, since I went the other extreme, um, what, I guess what was a moment for both of you that you felt like, you know, I want to be, you know, leading this program, like I love it so much. 
because you know you are a fearless leaders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I, I've told this story a lot, but I go for it. Third year med student, med student. Oh, that long? Wow. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, it was. I mean, I walked into a team, which you'll 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 recognize maybe one one of the people, but. Um, so my attendee was Dr. Pollock, who is mm-hmm. exceptional, um, one of the best doctors that I've ever uh, witnessed. And then my my third year senior was Rachel Bernard, who was a former chief. And then Michelle Lewis was my oh. was my second year was it just a run leading of the team. It was just a run of <laughs> chiefs. And ever since that time, it was like, well, I guess I could do that. Um, <laughs> and it was just kind of like I always I always wanted to to be in that position because it, it seemed like and I of course I my third when I was a third year med student the, the chief at the time was Scott Borghetti um, and he he also was just a, an exceptional person his morning reports I'll remember forever incredible, um, incredible. he would stand at the front of uh, of the room with the lectern and you know he just he had such a way of explaining and such a knowledge and intelligence and he was the type of chief and doctor that I wanted to be, um, just like Dr. Pollock, just like Dr. Bernard, Dr. Lewis. Um, and so Dr. Pollock in every episode. I know because <laughs> she's so good. She's just, you know, she, she's an incredible person, incredible doctor. And, um, she's inspired me so much and she's been, you know, a huge mentor. Um, so I knew from a very early time that that's what I wanted, uh, that at some point I wanted to get to that point. And then I stayed at UIC for residency. And then after that, I was like, you know, this is, this is something that I'm I'm really passionate about. Would love to would love to do. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess for me it was I didn't, I didn't have a moment like that. Um, <laughs> That's like was, a movie moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had to really think about it. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to do an extra year, per se, uh, maybe just go on the fellowship and keep rolling with it. What I was doing. But kind of looking back on my medical education, um, you know, my stats weren't great coming out of was college, and uh, UIC took a chance on me. And you know, coming out of med school, very average scores and uh, everything, and UIC took a chance on me. Um, and I feel that over two years, I, I got a really good medical education. Mm-hmm. Um, very quickly, you know, I was I just it's one of these places where you chain where it feels like you said, it feels like you're on an island by yourself, but you're really not. Mm-hmm. But if you start building up that island on your own and, you know, you get help when you need it, uh, you can have you have a really nice island. <laughs> um, Pretty nice island. Yeah. So, you know, I just I took that for what it was worth, and I tried to do – I knew when I needed help, and I lent as much as I could, and no one was ever mean. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone – stop me from doing anything dangerous if I was going to do something senior wise Mm -hmm. and I I just got a great experience that I wanted to give to other people Mm -hmm. Um, when you're you know interviewing and they say hospital run residency uh, or resident run hospital Mm -hmm. and uh, you know this buzzwords autonomy you'll hear um, UAC is like it's really run by internal medicine um, mm-hmm. as the residency and you know the attendings are fairly hands-off and if you need them they're there mm-hmm. uh, like overnight when you're a senior in the unit you are the hospital mm-hmm. um, for better or worse mm-hmm. there's no overnight fellow um, when you when you go down to the ER they're like we gotta ask the NICU senior if they, this is okay mm-hmm. it's like you know I'm the same senior on a different rotation mm-hmm. uh, I'm just you know 
you're there overnight and you're the final call. Uh, you're the guy doing procedures when people are crashing or running mm-hmm. the code. And uh, when you need multiple people, you, you just you, you're dictating things and it, and it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you're literally pulling the strings mm-hmm. um, as a resident. So um, I wanted to give back to that. And I thought I had a great educational experience, like I said, and I like teaching. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it's very fun. I mean, when, when you see your intern starting to um, really kind of quote what you said and, like, don't let go of the wire. Or I'll never <laughs> don't talk let to go. You or, don't let go of the don't wire. Don't let go. Like, three months later when you're like, what I learned is don't let go of the wire. And I was like, you nailed it. You won't kill, <laughs> you won't kill someone that way. Um, so, yeah, I just had a great experience is what I'm trying to say. I was with someone that let, let go of the wire. Did you tell him not to let go I, of the wire? I was like, you can't like, do don't, that. Don't let go of the wire. I grabbed it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you Excellent. Somebody. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts, friends? Um, no. For everyone listening, this is a great place. These are, we have a great set of chiefs and um, just people to look up to. And really, I didn't, wow. <laughs> two phone calls. Yeah, within, two phone calls. I guess my final thoughts are this is just a great place with great people. That's it. It's, it's chill. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> no, thanks for coming on. It's, yeah. it's been a it's been a great, great episode. Um and it, we're so excited to see what next year brings. You're gonna you're gonna do great. Oh thanks. It's a great time watching you call. Um, Thanks for having me.